Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host Bobby Howard. With me we got Jameson, we got Ty, and we are here to cover OU's 7th win this season. A 52-31, just uh, comfortable victory over the TCU Horned Frogs. Um, If we're talking like, just throw out Western Carolina, this is the most complete the Sooners have looked. But with that being said, there are still some things to pick out. Um, there's still some notes to take, and this this team still has uh, improvements to make. But we gotta get we gotta get on with the biggest point of the day, and that is Caleb Williams. He uh, well, we got Caleb. Uh, I don't know what else there is to say. Uh, throughout the entire week, we kind of thought it was going to be Caleb. Uh, after what we saw against Texas, we all kind of. Figured it should be Caleb, and he went out and had a pretty remarkable first performance. 18 for 23, uh, 200, 295 yards through the air, four touchdowns, and of course, uh, several pretty impressive runs, as well as a uh, just insane 41-yard scamper for a touchdown. Um, so, Jameson, did Caleb impress you? Uh, did did this uh, debut performance, um, you know... Uh, excites you as much as you thought it might have yeah it did but you know there's a couple of things still needs to work on but i'm just going to say this before i go any farther how about lincoln riley putting spencer out with the first team in the warm-ups he having his helmet on after we you know we we're going to receive on the uh, first drive he was ready to go and as soon as they kicked it he put on a white hat and didn't even touch his helmet for the rest of the game absolute joke but let's talk about caleb i think that uh there's a couple of things. If you, if you want to play like, yes, he had a great game. He was making the right reads. He was throwing it to the right guys. But let me just say the other end of it first, and we can talk about all the good things after that too. While Spencer didn't throw to the guys down the field that we wanted him to, Caleb was just about a second late on a lot of his throws, if you all noticed this. He still got it to where he caught it, but he was underthrowing and throwing them a little late, which could hurt down the line when we play a more legitimate defense. You know, TCU's defense has plenty of holes in it. So that's just one thing. I mean, did you all notice that as well? Yeah. No, there were some some timing or, or power issues for sure that came up that really um, – they didn't look too different to last week, too. I, I know we, we were super high in it, but I, I do remember that a couple times a couple of us mentioned that there was a lot of luck involved uh, in some of his big plays uh, last week with Texas and then and then some this week as well. So there are definitely some things to you know be concerned about, but at the same time, truly is a true freshman and, and hasn't played really in a long time, so... I'm I'm really happy with where we are. Yeah, I mean, he definitely the, the the true freshman definitely like popped through in moments. It wasn't a polished, beautiful, perfect performance by any means, but what it was was outstanding and impressive. And you know, his his high moments were just remarkably high. But he, he definitely he definitely has a ways to go. He's not a finished product yet, and I think that is the most exciting thing about um, last night. Yeah, and turning that, like you said, exactly what I was going to say. You turned it on a positive. There are so many things to make him even better. He played, you know, near near perfect game. You know, four touchdowns with only five incompletions. You know, that's that's great. And there's a lot of things that we think he can get, do to get better. Um, and you, like we said um, last week, how much of the playbook was open for him to begin with? You know, that we thought that he was going to kind of be babied a little bit. I don't think he was babied that hard. But as he starts playing more first-team reps with those guys and gets big relationships with some of his wide receivers, it's only it should only get better. Hopefully, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. It's um, experience is not the most important thing in the world because you could be Jake Fromm and stay there forever. Uh, but you know, a better quarterback like Justin Fields could be on your roster. Play Justin Fields. Don't play Jake Fromm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I feel like it's something that's important. And through with time, with getting to know the uh, playbook, with uh, getting the timing of everyone's, you know, uh, the, the, the first teamers routes, I'm with you. I, I think that'll be impressive. And look, you got Kansas next week, you got Texas Tech next week, and then a bye week before a crazy November. Thankfully, there's some time to get it figured out. Yeah, and, and I will say one of the things you heard the, uh, the TV announcers also uh, touch on was 
initially that sort of apprehension for it being his first start, which, you know, we, we got into a, a little debate on that on the picks pod last week, but I just didn't, you know, I don't know that it's really that much of a difference comparing, you know, his first start against TCU versus, uh, you know, like we talked about again, just to, to rehash old things, I guess, but it was a much higher pressure situation, you know, that he jumped right into and, and, you know, here he wasn't his, his first start ever and uh, did great again. So I think those concerns, uh, I wouldn't really have any concerns there. And I don't think anyone else should there. There's definitely some issues that are going to come up down the road for sure. It's just going to happen. Um, and there's going to be some, some stumbling blocks, but I think we are really, really solid from where we're starting now to, to his sort of upside and, and just the impact he has on the team, even when, mistakes are made which you know we're gonna see eventually but yeah it, it's all stuff about timing and feel for the game i feel like were some of the bigger issues uh he held on to the ball a little bit too long at times uh looking for the right read you know it it, it took a little bit to you know you you could tell he was trying to get a feel for it the, the speed of the game compared to you know look i'm sure gonzaga preparatory score school out in uh uh, the East Coast was a, was a very good school and had a lot of you know some some pretty high high level games. He's obviously played in state championships, had had a re- remarkable touchdown to win one of them. But it's a totally different beast when you enter college football, and you know that that speed. You know, it's it's one one thing when you're run, riding on adrenaline. It's another one where you just have to do it every week. Um, so I, I, but here's the thing that, that talent is just sheerly impressive. You have to keep playing him. Um, and we saw that on that, 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 uh, the touchdown run of his was just remarkable. Uh, his shiftiness, his, his running abilities. Um, I mean, that adds a, a degree to your offense that you haven't seen since, uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah. yeah, we haven't we haven't had big play ability. I feel like this whole season until Caleb Williams just took the keys. I feel like you know Caleb is good for one ooh ah run every single game. Kind of like what you said. What was with Kyler Murray? Completely different running styles, but Caleb finds a way to break tackles and gets into get into open space. And another thing you said, Bobby, that I think that you we really need to harp on here is yes, Caleb was taking a little time to make his reads and make the correct read in the passing game. But listen, we just said he's making reads. That is a thing Spencer has been lacking to do this whole season. We should be thankful that we have a quarterback going throughout his reads and finding the right receiver, even if he is a half second to a second short. Because whenever Spencer's first read and second read isn't there, he's either airmailing Austin Stogner or he's thrown into triple coverage. Yeah, a sack is better 100 times out of 100 to throwing a pick, which uh, is something that Spencer would do if he got panicky. Well, so. I also I also want to point out, you know, not to not to sort of beat a dead horse or, or kick someone while they're down, but I, I think it's fairly reasonable to to say that at least college level, or at least in this system, we've sort of seen the peak of of Spencer Rattler or, or the plateau, you know, and that was one of the big critiques was he wasn't necessarily that bad this season. He just hadn't improved at all, which sort of indicates you know, that he's maybe at his peak because I understand the whole transfer quarterback, you know, Lincoln Riley argument, but uh, both of those guys, you know, Hertz exempted because he was here for a year, but Baker and Kyler both had development during their time at OU. So Lincoln Riley can, to some extent, develop quarterbacks. So I think the big thing with with Caleb is we point out all these issues and obviously, you know, we're going to find out if it's true later on down the road, but I don't really think that there's much potential for improvement, at least in this system for Rattler anymore. Whereas Caleb Williams, at least on paper has infinite potential for improvement, um, which is nice. Cause that's, you know, it's, it's more of an investment type thing at that point. And for me, what, what Caleb does is he unlocks so much for this offense and these and the wide receivers. Um, you, you saw a big game out of Mike Woods. We saw a massive game out of Jaden Hazelwood, uh, who I, I, I did not believe this stat until I uh, actually looked it up last night. Uh, and someone told me, I, I was shocked. Um, that was his first ever FBS uh, touchdown last night. Uh, he His previous touchdowns came against South Dakota and Western Carolina this year. That shocked me. Um, and 
you know, Caleb's ability to unlock these these players who have kind of faded into the background. Uh, Marvin Mims was a guy we've been waiting for to have a big game. Um, didn't have as big of a game as he did against uh, Texas, but still, you know, uh, f- uh, 56 yards on two catches, not bad. Um, it, it, it changes everything if you can get the most out of your talent, which is something... And I'm not trying to be a jerk, like, you know, I, I'm with you, Ty. You don't want to kick Smith while he's down, but um, if you can unlock that, if you can really, really unlock that, take it to the next level, then you'd absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how he grows for the rest of the season because he has plenty of room to grow. But our ceiling, it seems like it is a lot higher right now. So as OU fans, we all feel pretty optimistic right now, feel a lot better. And I don't feel like I did at the beginning of the season where I just felt like, you know what, we're, we're winning, but I'm not happy. Now I feel pretty happy with our wins. Um, but let's let's talk about something that's not making me happy, and that's the defense. And there is a lot of things to be fixed with the defense, you know, especially in the secondary. But the defensive line, did you all notice the defensive line this game kind of gave me, you know, K-State vibes where they just kind of got handled by TCU's offensive line. We did not get that much pressure. I thought that we'd be at least, you know, working after Max Duggan because allegedly there's, you know, there's rumors and I don't know how legitimate this is, but, you know, Max Duggan was questionable coming into this game. And some people on TCU boards and some people that I, I know told me that he had a fracture in his foot. Obviously, he was running just fine around, but these can be tiny little hairline fractures in your foot that can still limit you with pain, but you can still run. All in all, he wasn't healthy coming into this game. You'd think our D-line would eat in that situation, but we got handled pretty decently on that line. Yeah, and I think you got to give a lot of props to the TCO line. Um, we talked about it with Blake in our TCU preview last week, but um, and, and Jameson, you mentioned it. They were awful last year. The, the steps they made, that's one of the better lines we'll see in the Big 12 this year. Um, I, I think I think the biggest thing right there was the line play was really good, um, and you know the the D line just just couldn't couldn't break through, which is um, definitely a, a point of frustration for sure. Yeah, and I, I think it I think part of it you know not to steer it away from from OU too much, but like we've kind of been talking about, you know, the, the storylines are, are so big in, in college football, and it's one of the things I think we all love about it. And this whole it's kind of been almost forgotten because there's so many other storylines around college football this season. Uh, and OU even specifically this season is this whole move to the SEC thing. And I think these teams that we're playing still haven't forgotten it. And, and OU's that team, you know, because we've been on top, you know, everybody wants to, to attack the guy on top and, and the guy on top can only move, uh, you know, one way and that's down. So we always get everyone's best shot. We always get everyone's best game plan, best, you know, everything. So these are these are the games for OU, you know, that have always been such a trap game for OU because we come in, you know, knowing that we're unequivocally the best in the conference, but we'll relax and then, you know, we don't want to burn our whole playbook, we don't want to burn guys out and then other teams, you know, this is their, you know, one or two shots a season to really make a mark when they're on big TV and and you know can can do that. So, I think props to TCU more than anything else, you know, because we've seen good stuff from, from the D line. Uh, so hopefully, and I'm saying this because hopefully, you know, what we saw was just a really stellar performance and plan from TCU and not necessarily an indicator of a problem with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. They, they handled Nick Benino really well, which, you know, a guy that at least can push Max Duggan out of the pocket. And, you know, Max Duggan sometimes does better outside of the pocket Um, But you want pressure, obviously, on the quarterbacks. Um, And I I think that uh, we also really would be remiss not to talk about Zach Evans being out because that should make it where our D-line and pass rush should have been even stronger that their running game wasn't, you know, to the capability that they could be. Now, Blake said in the TCU preview that Zach Evans was the biggest key and, you know, like he's their best player and they give him the ball a lot. And he wasn't even playing, you know, and it's – it's kind of a bummer that we didn't get more pressure on Max Duncan and kind of see our defense really strangle him and take control of the game whenever they're, you know, pin their, like their keystone guys out. Yeah. I, I mean, they were absolutely bailed out by the uh, Zach Evans injury uh, because that could have, it could have been a lot messier. Um, you know, uh, uh, DeMarcado and uh, Miller are not bad running backs, but they're not Zach Evans. That guy is, um, you know, 
Bijan, not Bijan Robinson level like explosive, but like he step down. Yeah, he's yeah, like a, he's like the, he's, the, he's the he's the great value <laughs> Bijan <Yeah>. Robinson. <laughs> so Puka Williams, Puka Williams. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess he's he's, he's 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 kind of Puka ish, but um, I mean that's that's the thing is I, I've said this all season long. The defensive line changes everything for the entire defense down the line, just across the board because. Our secondary right now is not good enough to just straight up guard you one on one, and we saw that where uh, Quentin Johnson, uh, the TCU wide receiver who we thought might actually be out, uh, absolutely roasted us because if you give him too much time back there, that speed D is not designed to just like hold you. Um, and you know when they have a, all day, you have things like uh, just just what, what we saw on Saturday night, which was. Just a, a tough, tough performance from the secondary across the board. Um, so it, it, D line, it starts with the D line though. They got to be better. They have yeah. to be immaculate. Yeah, there were there were a lot of times where where uh, there was a little bit too much time uh, to to go through progressions and, and to make decisions on on the opponent's side. Which is, you know, I, even even if you have the best secondary players. You know, out there that can that can start to cause problems. So, Jameson, what did you think? Yeah, I, I fully agree, Ty. Though it, it it is an issue, but Jameson, what did you think of Quentin Johnson's performance against OU? I thought it was, um, I, I mean, just typical OU giant wide receiver just just wrecking you, and uh, it was it it was signified no better than the than that um, touchdown he had in the corner, where uh, I can't remember uh, which. Um, which corner had the ball in his hands? He just ripped it up. It was Josh gave him, Eaton. Is Josh Eaton then gave him the Russell Westbrook kind of little too small gesture? Um, that was tough to watch, wasn't it? That was, but I'll, I'll say this: you know, it was. We had a very tough situation, which was even tougher than it already had to be in the secondary. You know, DJ Graham goes down, and I think he got a concussion. Was on straight clothes for the majority of the games. Only played like thirteen snaps. And um, then we're playing Billy Bowman, who, first of all, he's a true freshman starting nickelback on this team. And we said, let's send our true freshman who's already just now learning like the nickelback was hurt for a little bit this year. And then move him over to cornerback and try to guard, you know, a guy and Quentin Johnson and, you know, Max Duggan, a throwing quarterback has been here for a while. Like that is a really, really tough position to be in. Um, so there, there's a couple of things to point your fingers at. Um, you know, Jane Davis also was just just same old crap. Latrell McCutcheon overall looked pretty decent from what like whenever he played. He didn't get thrown at too much in his limited snaps. But I'm not gonna lie. I mean, even though Josh Eaton got you know stolen that ball at the end, I there are a couple things where it's like I'd rather see him get some more snaps, you know, and play some of our younger guys that we recruited these long six foot two guys that were speed D and we've been you know harping on this whole time but have been on the end of the bench and Alex Grant refused to play. Give them some shine because Jane Davis ain't cutting it and DJ Graham's hurt. Yeah, and I prefer that to moving Bowman to cornerback because yes, it, it kind of gives me like this reverse feeling of the Buki situation. I feel like they 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 played him out of position and that was a disaster. And look, there were a lot of issues with Buki outside of where he was positioned. But I feel like the coaching staff never really gave him a chance to to succeed um, in, in that front with just because they immediately started him out uh, putting him in the wrong spot. And I, I, am I wrong to kind of worry about them doing the same thing with Bowman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really am worried. I do not want him at outside cornerback, even though how, how slim we are, it's just not worth it. I understand Justin Broyles is playing pretty decent um, comparative to the other guys. But Billy Bum is a true freshman, and we want him to be that dog and be like really aggressive. But I don't want him to have to worry about learning a completely new position as a true freshman. Like we we're talking about this in the preseason, you know, we we're like, what should we do with Billy? And you were like talking about it, Bobby. Should we play him more and get him more snaps elsewhere? No, I did not want that. I want him in one place and one place only, and perfect your craft. I mean, like, do you agree with me, Ty, on this? Yeah, no, I, I do. So on one hand, you know, I really like the idea of if we're already struggling, you know, and we have young guys because ultimately it, there's not going to be some positive externalities to, to throwing him out there, you know, even if that's not the, the position that he's best in, you know, maybe we pull him back to his other position and, 
and you know at least he got some some reps. So on one hand, I I like the idea of you know let's just get guys experience, get them out there, and let's just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Uh, for already struggling, which we we really are in the secondary. But on the other hand, yeah, like you said, it's not you know there are it's it's like on the quarterback side with with throwing you know balls into triple coverage or throwing man on man, you know, stuff where you're going to let your guy go fight for it. There are things that are more likely to succeed and more reasonable. Uh, and you can only really expect reasonable things out of, uh, you know, reasonable likelihood. So I, yeah, I would hate to see a, uh, a guy get burned by the, uh, by the coaching staff in terms of not setting him up to succeed. I don't necessarily know if I agree with, with that take having to do with Buki. I think that being five, six was, a uh, the bigger, yeah. you know, issue. To Again, I was saying there are other issues for sure, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you never know. I, I think it was similar to that of, you know, putting Woody Washington. I mean, we had to, you know, versus LSU in Atlanta. Like he was a very talented guy and we knew that, but we just threw him into the fire. And he, even though he, you know, he looked pretty decent, he got burned on a couple of times and that's just, you know, it sucked for him. You know, we felt pretty desperate with Billy Bowman. So we said, screw it. Maybe we can be onto something by putting one of our best defensive backs at a position of need whenever Broyles has been doing decently as a backup to Billy whenever the backups at cornerback weren't working. But at the same time, you don't want to screw over and, you know, spoil one of your one one shining moments on the in the defensive backs to where it would get even worse if his confidence goes down because he's just getting burned all the time at a position he still doesn't know. And well, that's my thing is I, I liked the idea of moving him around, but I like that idea like when we're dealing with Western Carolina and Nebraska and Tulane, yes. you know, you, you can't start doing that seven games into the season uh, b- because believe it or not, I know time flies pretty fast, folks. We're about to enter week freaking eight. We're 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 the double digits are knocking on our door here. Uh, this is we're, we're in the meat of this season. You can't can't go to Baskin Robbins, you know already have your order and then just start going back and you know taking samples again you know that's just gonna end up poorly for everyone so you can't can't just start moving them around have you done this before i I don't know i uh, (laughs) well i can't do it again because i've been banned from my local basket robins this is like the time i went to this is like the time i went to whataburger at like two in the morning and ordered 15 jalapeno cheddar biscuits and the person kept telling me you know it's just the biscuit right which (laughs) I thought meant like just like not the meal. Like I thought it meant it wasn't coming with like the little potato wedges, but it uh, turns out it was just the biscuit. Like oh no, goodness. no meat inside, just, just a biscuit. No, just the, the, just the biscuit. Yeah. How was that? I think you, I think you were with, I think you were I, with me at the time. Uh, I, I probably was. I just don't remember. I think the only reason I remember is because it was so dry and I got to like three and then was dying in, in the trunk of the pilot. Well, well, let me tell you something that might, that might be your body just telling you something because, you know, you only order biscuits in their jalapeno. That makes you want to drink a lot of water at 2 a.m. And so you probably felt pretty decent in the morning, I guess. Well, you got, you got the dry biscuit and you got the jalapeno heat. So that, that, that definitely would, uh. Uh, yeah, that's that. That is a recipe for a desperate need of for hydration. What were we talking about? Maybe I don't know. Let's maybe talk about Jaden secondary. Maybe they're dehydrated. Yeah, maybe they are. I, I don't know. Let me check. Check. We need to check their pH levels. Uh, wait, it, are do we have championship level hydration? Has anyone? Do we have a chart available? Who's tracking this information? I'm just. I'm just saying. Can we can I'm, we I'm, like I'm sneak into the facility confused. to see if we have a, like a P chart anywhere? Uh, I'm very confused where this I'm is sure going. That, right I'm now. sure we <laughs> can get a daily reporter with binoculars to go how, start scoping out every bathroom on campus and checking the players' P colors. Man, how quickly we be participating in that how, one? How quickly we forget about our Tom Herman jokes? Uh, that makes me oh, sad. I, I wasn't even. I didn't even catch on to it. So yeah, mm. I didn't even see it. Wow. Oh, oh no, it's okay. But you're right, Jameson. Home. Let's talk about Jaden Hazelwood. We've got better. We've got Coach O jokes coming. Oh God, man, that that guy just fell off a bridge. Off. Oh. Um. Anyways, Jaden Hazelwood, often considered, I, I think, for most of us, to be one of the more overrated players on the team. He finally showed up and had a hell of a game. Uh, is this matchup with Caleb Williams like, um? 
it is is was this a flash in the pan or should we expect to see more of this? What do you think, Jimson? I think Jane Hazelwood is a very good touchdown threat kind of guy. Do I think he's a wide receiver one? No, but I think that a quarterback is willing to make those, you know, you know, back shoulder passes or go up and get them, or I'm not 100% open, but I'm going to throw it and I'm going to let my guy go get it. That's what Jaden Hazelwood needs in a quarterback. And that's just not what Spencer was in a quarterback. You know, like what we were saying, Spencer went to his first read and he wouldn't want to let his players be, you know, play to their strengths. You know, those Marvin Mims throws that Caleb Williams had in the Texas game shows to that. He will throw it up and he says, I know that my wide receiver is better than the defensive back. That's what you got to do with Jaden and ha- him having three touchdowns shows to it. I think that he's going to do a lot better for the rest of this season. I do. I think he's our wide receiver one. No, um, but I think that it's clear that our wide receiving room has three very valuable players that are going to be, you know, doing a lot better with the quarterback who believes in them. Yeah, no, and it's it's a matter of, you know, trying to think of a good way to put this but it's I, th- I think that Williams like we talked about in the the Texas recap with Mims is more able to fully I don't want to use enable again but he he is more able to fully complement the skill sets that our receivers have by trusting them more and going through his progressions and maybe just having a better innate understanding of of the game maybe even because it you know you can sit there and and have some all sorts of hard stats and somebody might not be as good but you have those sort of things that can't be measured uh yet at least maybe with maybe with a ai or, or machine learning or something but those those leadership qualities especially in a quarterback and then those just understanding of the game qualities and i think when we talk about williams being more trusting maybe he's just more willing to take risks because of he's less experienced you know and he's throwing those balls up that our guys are able to compete for but if that is the case that ultimately might be a, a misinformed decision but it's not a bad decision because when we're talking about games like tcu or even texas to some extent or really anything prior to the postseason with ou we have just the pure athletes where we can throw up those 50-50 balls and trust that in a lot of cases, Jaden Hazelwood or Marvin Mims or whoever else is going to come down with it just because we have a better athlete and there's such a bigger sort of spectrum that athlete skills are on in college compared to the NFL. So however we're coming to that decision as of right now in, in Big 12 play especially, those are generally the right decisions to make. I'd agree with yeah. that. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think also it's another big key to talk about in this in this passing system with Jaden Hazelwood. He's been a guy who's been grinding. You know, I we were worried like just kind of, you know, his personality. It seems like would he get kind of pissed off in the system that he's not getting enough targets? You know, with Spencer Rattler, and is he going to be disgruntled? And is he not going to buy in? But he like you know as Wale said on Twitter, you know he's been grinding, he's been blocking, and you know now it's time to look at him. And I I think that. Everyone, the whole team is going to benefit from Spencer not being our quarterback and Caleb being in. We said it during the Texas game. He makes everyone better just because their mood overall, you know, he's a good leader and he puts them in positions to succeed. Um, so overall, you know, everyone should be happy. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood had a great game and he deserved it. And I think that is just great for his mood because, you know, he's the type of guy where if he gets confident and he says, you know, I got three touchdowns, I can't be stopped. You know, he's going to get that kind of alpha dog mentality. And anytime you have a player who can do that, that's always going to be positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I got I to gotta say, is Wally like an OU fan? Like, what, I, don't, I, I don't get the Hazelwood connection. I, I, I could definitely understand it if he was watching because of Caleb Williams, because Wally is like a DC guy for sure. Like, maybe that could be a connection. But the Hazelwood love was kind of out of left field. Yeah, I don't know the connection there. Because isn't, like, Wale, like, a big uh, Philadelphia kind of, you know, sports fan? So, like, if he was, like, an Atlanta rapper, you know, it makes sense. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I just – I think Jaden Hazelwood, just the way he carries himself, you know, and the way he was in high school, you know, and the, the social media presence, you know, it, it just – it seems like a guy that would make friends with celebrities, you know, just because he seems like kind of a badass, you know. Um, and he just – 
bad comparison, but I just feel like he carries himself similar to weight. No, I'm not going to say that. I, I think that's a bad comparison. I'm going to drop it. I'm just going to say. Were you going to say I was going to. No, I was not. No, he's not like CeeDee Lamb. I was going to. I don't like this one. I was going to say before Cam Newton got a bad rap because um, he's got a bad rap right now. And don't talk about all the vaccine stuff. That's completely different. I'm talking about Cam Newton, whenever he was really good, and the way he carried himself, I feel like Jaden K- carries himself the same. Before the so car I accident. Want, I did not want to say any. Yes, yes. I did not want to say People don't talk about that. Please yeah. get some something happens. Look, at least Jaden's not tweeting in weird characters yet. So yes. I, I, he's no. not quite there yet for sure. But Jaden's like, you know, like he talks about, he like worships like Egyptian gods and stuff. He's just a little bit different. And, um, nice. you know, he's, it, it's just, it's just a little bit different, but he carries himself with the confidence and, you know, a swag that I just feel like that, you know, big time celebrities would, you know, be attracted to, to be a fan of him. Yeah. No, and I, I will say to sort of reel the conversation back in a little bit, although I love where we were going. Um, I've been very critical of Hazelwood on the podcast and then, you know, just with my Gooner takes in, in our group chat and stuff. But uh, this game, I was very impressed, not just by the pure stats and, and everything else, but I saw, again, back to those sort of unmeasurable elements right now. I saw a true WR1 on this team which prior to now you could make arguments for Hazelwood most probably um, and, and much less so for some other guys. But I, I don't think we had a clear WR1 on the team until just now, which I think is really important going forward because we've established our QB1 firmly, pun intended there, uh, at <laughs> Spencer. Uh, we've, established, <laughs> we've established our RB1 very firmly with Kennedy Brooks who has really started to, to show that gap between him and Eric Gray. And now we've established our WR1. And those are things that when we look at Lincoln Riley and OU offenses of the past, those were things that were never really in question. And that's, I think, might be something that the quarterback drama is overshadowing is the fact that prior to this week and then last week, we really didn't have a firm RB1, really, And we definitely didn't have a firm WR1. So those two things also coming together are much less noticeable, much, you know, there's not the media catchy, you know, inside Hollywood super drama there. uh, Like the media is trying to make with the quarterbacks, who knows what's going on behind closed doors. But I think those two things are also, I would argue equally as, as important as figuring out QB1. Um, And that's going to help us a lot going forward. Yeah, I think that is a huge thing to say. Just putting it simply, I, I gave me great, you know, pretty much just rehashing what you said. We have developed an identity because we're finding players that, that are going into their roles. You know, we don't have to have a QB one. I mean, we don't. We do have to have a QB one. We do not have to have a wide receiver one, but it's very nice to have one. So I think having an identity is extremely key, and that's a great point. Tyler. Yeah, especially having a guy who's like that go-to like touchdown getter because uh, Stockner has not been that this year at all. Uh, did he even played it? I don't think he, he played. played. He played. No, he yeah. Played. He didn't. He just didn't. But he's that's spot. the thing. Ever since with, that injury, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was a tough. That's just kind of hard to come back from. Uh, so I, I I think that that's a big thing. But also, I got we we talk about cute, uh, you know, wide receiver ones. We talked about Mims a little bit. But shout out to my guy Mike Woods. He did a he had another really good game. I I, I really like him, and I feel like he always gets overshadowed uh, when we talk about OU's wide receiving core. Um, I, kid makes some damn good, like really big plays. Uh, he, he's probably been the most consistent guy this entire season. So I just had to give a little shout out to my guy, Mike Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, that's, and that's, that's what I was going to say is that having those other pieces fall into play at, at quarterback and running back and everything else. Even if you don't have a guy like Caleb Williams, who's really going through progressions and, and stretching it out will ultimately help everyone else uh, as well, just by, you know, taking the heat off of them or, or giving them opportunities to, to have, you know, mistakes made where they can be open. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. Now, of course, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, like Oklahoma, 
DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, that's TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game straight up and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's let's talk about we've talked a lot about the air. Let's talk about the ground a little bit. Um, another really good performance for Kennedy Brooks, who has uh, very definitively established himself as a bell cow type of back. Uh, Twenty carries, one hundred fifty three yards, uh, average of seven point seven, a touchdown, and an awesome forty five yard run. Uh, compared that to Eric Gray's six carries, but I mean, come on, it's Brooks is the guy one hundred percent. Jamison. How, how, how about Brooks? You, you, we, we see that he took his uh, Texas play, uh, moved it over to yet another week. Um, do we think we're going to see this going forward? Yeah, I, I think so. He just seems like a guy. He's really he's gotten back into the groove. Um, we were a little bit worried into the preseason and the beginning of the season that maybe he might not be the number one guy just because taking that year off, you know, being a year off from football, you know, it's really tough. And, you know, your, your muscles aren't ready for it. And um, it's just like, you know, it's you're very susceptible to get hurt, you know, too, because the body loves muscle recognition. Um, but uh, I, I think that we also would be remiss, you know, not, not to talk about, you know, there's there's so much we can talk about about Kennedy. We've already kind of, you know, talked about in the past. It's just he's that guy. He's RB1. There's no doubt about it. But the offensive line, the way they blocked from the run scheme was pretty good these past two weeks. And did y'all notice, like, I don't know what exactly is going on at right tackle, but Tyrese Robinson did not play the majority of that game. Eric Swinson was playing that right tackle, and he looked a lot better than Mr. Shortarm Tyrese. <laughs> Ty- Ty- Tyrese, uh, man, he's got those little T-Rex arms. I don't know, it's it's unfortunate, but, you know. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. The, I think the, the line is starting to figure it out. Um, and, you know, maybe... Maybe that's something we, before the preseason even started, we should have been like, look, this might take some time to figure out because it's a new line, uh, no, a new leader uh, in terms of, you know, you don't, you don't have, um, you know, Creed back there anymore. Um, and yeah, it's starting to finally look like an Oklahoma line, which is just so, such a relief. It changes so much for OU um, going forward. So I, I'm loving it. The scheme's working. This team is starting to kind of figure out who they are, and the O-line has been the biggest sign of that, I, I think, is um, just, I mean, just incremental. It looks like a totally different line than the one we saw against, like, Tulane or Nebraska. So I, I'm pretty happy with the improvement there. Yeah, and Andrew Rame had a better game, too. You can notice that. Um, he's He didn't throw a snap into freaking nevada or something like (laughs) he he did a little bit better this um and caleb you know was able to compose himself um yeah but going back to tyrese robinson it just i i feel like there has been a lot of good moments from but i just think he's a guard and moving him out to tackle is just such a bummer i think that keeping you know having him at that right guard where he was and if we would have trained you know wanya morris more at that right tackle position you know, and then or Swinson there. I just feel like that would have been a better thing. But you know, we've sent Wanya all over the place, and he still hasn't really gotten the beat him, the beat him bow system. Um, but uh, overall, we should be very happy with it. Um, we still have some vices to ourselves on this offensive line, but when your offense is producing the way that we are, and we're getting kind of vibes of old OU vibes. It's kind of weird to say this. Old OU vibes does not mean the wishbone. This is means the I score more points than you, and I don't care what my defense does. Oh, you, um, I'm getting vibes of that now. Yeah, no, and you uh, actually, it, well, you you went to the game, so um, 
later on near the end of the game, uh, Kirk Herbstreit actually said that on on air, uh, just sort of spontaneously. He was like, "Oh, you know, this is this looks like OU. Like they have not looked like it would." He mentioned the Texas game. Obviously, they were they were there for that with, with game day. But he said, "You know, this that sort of second half against Texas, and then all all day the other day." Oh, this is OU. Here they are. So I I think that's a really really accurate take if, if some of the best in the business are, are also saying it. That's probably mm-hmm. where you got it from. I didn't. I, I've not re, I did not re, rewatch the game. I'm just an absolute genius like Kirk. <laughs> of course. Yeah, well, I mean... It, Great success. To be fair, I also did tweet a uh, after our second touchdown, a monster about to come alive again, and um, they immediately went pretty cold. But that third quarter, right there, like, really exemplified like classic OU offense. Uh, and I... You know, I kind of love it. Um, they, mm-hmm. they they had a little. The first half was a little rusty at points, but you know, I, I think they're starting to, they're, you know, they're getting, they're starting to gel. Um, and you know, look, we've seen a lot of improvement in the past seven weeks. I cannot wait to see what we do with the next five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be really really exciting to see where this team ends up, and uh, let's just hope it, it it's it's an air of improvement, and there's no uh, we don't as Gary would say, uh, take a step back. Yeah, how about them playing that in, during the game, Bobby? I'm sure that you got an absolute kick from that. Did they get permission from Gary to play that? I, it's public information. I, I'm sure they probably have like a sweeping licensing deal and were yeah, able to do it, you know? I, I mean, you don't have to like... If I, if I, I don't have to ask Bon Jovi to play a song. You know, I, if, I, I if guess I PA. don't know how that stuff works. I, I don't know. Gary, Gary still probably would find a way to attempt to sue us, uh, even though yeah. I don't think he know how, how. I don't think he knows how the law works, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, master level, master level trolling by OU. <laughs> it, it was great. I loved it, and no one else in my in my section knew what was going on. But I had a I, I had a great time. It was awesome. Yeah. I will say. I will say. It, just sort of wrapping up the. Well, I don't know if we're wrapping up or not, honestly. One more question after this I got. Yeah, but I I will say it seems to me like obviously there's the whole avoiding all the controversy, all the storylines that are out there. It it very much seems to me from the games I've been to and the games I've seen on TV that OU fans are fans of the games are much more organized and sort of actively engaged with the games than years previously. Like you're, you're hearing all sorts of like chants and stuff. Like I don't really remember a lot of really anything and, and besides just generic cheering. And now it seems like the OU fan base is, is a lot more engaged this year. So I think maybe that's a, another positive externality of this sort of quarterback drama thing that everyone got really addicted to, you know, just yelling things in unison. And, and now we're, we're sort of on that train. I don't know if you guys have noticed that or not. I think it's, you know, I, I agree. The crowd does seem a little bit more energized, um, you, you you felt it in pregame. You felt it across the game, and I, I think partially some of it is because we've had so much uh, adversity throughout the season. There's not that complacency. There's not that oh, we're just going to go in and blow everyone out uh, vibe that we've had in year pa- years past. So I think everyone's like excited to actually see the, each game, um, and you know I, I think I think the energy is there. I think they're engaged, and you know um, I, I feel like a lot of you know. Maybe maybe some of the some of it was the Texas inter, the post Texas energy. Everyone's a little fired up after Texas usually, but um, yeah, I, I think this season has just had people more tuned in because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it didn't hurt at all that everyone's pumped up for Caleb. They finally got what they wanted, and then he came out, started, and then played well. But I think this is a really big time question to ask, and I think it's a huge talking point. A lot of people are wondering about it you know, speculating, even though it doesn't really directly relate to our team right now. But what is the move for Spencer Rattler moving forward? Is, you know, yes, he is pretty, we pretty much figured out that, you know, he cleaned out his locker, but then he came back um, because Lincoln made comments saying like, you know, you better, if you leave in the middle, I know there's coaches that aren't going to like that, take you in the transfer portal. Um, And uh, so what is Spencer going to do after this season? Assuming he doesn't come in and, you know, Caleb gets hurt or something and Spencer comes in, plays really well and earns himself a draft stock. Like where could Spencer transfer to and would be a good position for him? Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough because I, I feel like a lot of, a lot of teams could improve their quarterbacking if they added Spencer Rattler. Um, 
just uh, just because just because Caleb Williams is a way way better quarterback. Honestly, there's a chance he might be the best quarterback in college football right now. You you do not know. He's definitely definitely the hottest one right now uh, in terms of um, his ability right now. Um, a lot of teams could use Spencer Rattler, and it's 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 hard to think about you know spots that could use him more than I mean I. I know we've seen com- there's like a comment about Texas A&M. Someone dropped out there. Uh, could also maybe see a USC move, uh, depending on what cor- uh, what uh, head coach goes out there. Um, personally, I-, I hope he follows in the footsteps of his uh, QB one star and goes to my uh, f- uh, his fellow QB one star Tate Martell and goes to Miami um, <laughs> because that will never not that clearly won't end in uh, poorly at all. Uh, so. Just, just a couple ideas, but really anywhere uh, could could use them. Yeah, I, th- I think you know I haven't really dug into to uh, you know specific schools and their needs for quarterbacks. Obviously, the NFL thing is on the table, um, and and I think there is a fair argument that maybe he doesn't even go in this next draft. Maybe he just sits out a year and, and trains because there is such a whole. You know, even in brand name and name recognition, even in the NFL, can be such a factor. That's the only reason Tim Tebow was ever relevant beyond his first year in the NFL. So you you definitely have things like that. So maybe he he could even sit out a whole year and just train and, and work with different guys, work with different quarterbacks, hire different trainers, and, and just take an extended sort of leave of absence and in development. Uh, and I say that because there is a risk that you know he decides to go to another college program and continues to underperform uh, and just shoots himself in the foot metaphorically, or there is the risk, you know, that he goes to the NFL and and just doesn't have that development. He's coming off a bad, you know, storyline, bad mental state and, and doesn't succeed. So who knows? I, who knows what the guy's ceiling is because Lincoln Riley is not the, uh, you know, the sort of God of, of quarterback development. He's not the, uh, you know, he's not the Nick Saban of, of quarterback development, or he, he might be, but, He's not someone that's going to go and, and, you know, Spencer Rattler very well could be one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played college football. Maybe he just doesn't fit with Lincoln Riley and Lincoln Riley's system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, James, James, I would just make a quick, quick point here before, um, before we kick it to you. My thing with Rattler, I mean, if you, if you look at the schematics, if you look at the mechanics, all of that's great. So an extra year of training, I don't know what that's going to do for him. Yeah. He needs game experience and it, that the only the only way you could get that is by actually being in a game. Uh, you know, um, elite the elite eleven, all this stuff, all of the things that have made him, you know, the hype monster he is, are not what makes what makes a good quarterback. He he doesn't have the reads. He doesn't have the feel for the game. That is his issue. So wherever he goes, he he's got. He, I think he has to play. I think the NFL is off the table. I think uh, sitting out and training might be off the table as well. Jameson. Yeah, I do not think that he's going to go to the NFL because I know that he believes in himself to be a first-round kind of guy, and he's not that right now because no one wants an unproven quarterback. I understand people reach for quarterbacks, but you got to remember, like, Lamar Jackson almost didn't get drafted in the first round. So just put that in the back of your head. Also, you know, like, like I don't know what's sitting out of year. Like, he is at – I don't know how much lower he can get. He can definitely – you know, he can get a little bit lower – with like his public view right now, but he's a meme right now. People, you know, like making fun of people like declining and they're like, Oh, they're pulling a Spencer Rattler. Like people around the nation know this story and know that he is completely declined. Um, I think that, you know, I agree. Texas A&M would be an interesting spot for him, you know, with Haynes King getting injured. Um, you know, he'd come in fight for that job. Um, what about like an Oregon? I wouldn't say like a USC um, just because it's just too hectic. And you don't want a guy that's already kind of a. I'm. I'm. I know. I know. I. Te- I said Texas A and M, but I'm thinking of like good coaches. You know, um, and Oregon's got a stellar coach up there. And USC system is just too volatile. Where I just don't think that would work. Um, but you know, Oregon and Texas A M make the most sense for me because they have needs at that position and um, you know have a pretty decent amount of stuff around them. Um, Texas A yeah. and going to have a lot of guys leave in this draft. Um, that would definitely have helped him. I, I guarantee you, um, what, whatever the Texas A&M tight end's name is, the best tight end in 
college right now. I'm completely blanking on his name. Um, but yeah, it's it, that, that's I, he just can't go to the pros. He needs to go to somewhere else because his his image can't get much lower. If if we're talking about you know staying at college, which I do I do think is is the most likely uh, thing. I I think he needs somewhere that's power five, but also a decently sized brand. Um, you know, like an AM, like an Oregon or, or something else. But I think he also needs somewhere where he can succeed, but they're not too successful. Like he, he doesn't need to go somewhere. And I don't think this is probable at, the, at this point, but he doesn't need to go somewhere where if they're not winning, you know, more than eight games a season, he's going to be blamed for it. So I think the pack as a whole is probably a pretty appealing uh, you know, spot maybe UCLA. You know, is I think this is around DTY's last year, is it not? Um, so I don't know what their state is, but you know, he's from he's from Phoenix, so the pack you know might be a, a really good fit for him to to take a year and uh, sort of be the bigger fish in a smaller pond and, and move his his draft stock up and and make more money and continue to to rob people on nil deals. I, you know, I think I've actually figured out the perfect spot for him, uh, and it's really two spots. And I think I think both of y'all would be interested. Egg Bowl, Spencer Rattler, either Egg put it, either stick oh, him, no. either stick him with uh with Lane well, Kiffin he after lose the quarterback battle at Ole Miss. Well, here's the, yeah, here's the thing. Matt Corral's going to the league. He's a junior. Uh, he, he he will definitely get drafted first round. I th- I would say absolutely. So, so Corral gone. You get you're there with Lane Kiffin. I'm interested. Wild times. I'm or interested. you go with Mike Leach, who obviously has a great track record with uh, the spread offense. I don't know their quarterback situation as well, but uh, just the idea of Mike Leach and uh, Spencer Rattler together uh, makes me very excited, and I think that'd be very fun. I just don't think he'd go to the SEC. Um, he's no. too soft. Uh, yeah, I don't think the him. SEC is the answer. And, no, but also just imagine Spencer Rattler in an egg bowl. I want it. Honestly, honestly, no, you're you're on to something. I think that would be extremely fun. But yeah, I just wanted to put that question out there because, you know, whenever he put that white hat on the sideline, you know, that he's going to be there just in case, you know, break in case of use because, you know, we make jokes about Ralph Rucker all the time. But if Caleb goes down, we need Spencer and we need him bad. And this team still has a relatively high ceiling if Spencer is our starting quarterback. Um, but he knows that if he sits out and he quits on us, that his options are going to be constricted. Um, what about know, where it could go? What about this? Think about think about the the storyline potential here. Spencer Rattler, the Phoenix rising from the fire like Dumbledore, undefeated team, up and coming team, chance to make it or, or break it. Spencer Rattler as the starting quarterback, the one that will bring them to greatness at the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Yes. Ugh. That would be so weird. That would be that. That would be wild. Here's the thing: you're talking storylines, like chance for greatness. What about the perfect chance for revenge? Tennessee link up with Josh Heupel. Him and him and Heupel together. (laughs) Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel. You know, his little. We've seen him dress up as Batman. Maybe he's dressed up as Palpatine. He's like, look. I know how it feels to be replaced by someone better than you at Oklahoma, but you know what? We're going to show them what's who's boss. And he takes him under his wing, and uh, there you go. Spencer Rattler and uh, Josh Heupel, you know. This is quite a villain story. That's like the villain to the Incredibles with it, like a little mini-me. It, it literally sounds like a, like a Ted Lasso storyline. It, 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 it is too perfect. I kind of want it. Uh, for all the reasons outlined of places that would not work for Spencer Rattler, uh, bad fan base, uh, you know, SEC obviously being Ooh, intense. Bad fan base. Oh, we saw. Oh no, Bobby, don't. Okay, say no, 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 no. That is not a hot take. We all they know they're gonna lose. You know that I have a passionate fan base. Please it is. It is a bad word choice. They not are get a the, passionate the Tennessee fan base. Bad fan base in the sense that they're like. They, they're they're they are passionate. They care, but the they're thing cannibals. is, they care so damn much that they are like they're they're like the mill wall of college football at this point, where they're, they're throwing like, they're they're throwing stuff on the field. They had to they had to shuffle their own cheerleaders out. 
almost hit poor Lane Kiffin with a golf ball. Poor Lane Kiffin. If you want to know what Ohio State would look like if Ohio State was winning like four to five games a season just perpetually with no end in sight, look at Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Here we go. Here Anyways. we go. Oh, no, we got to get out of here. No, we'll take we on Ohio this. any day of the week. <laughs> Just the entire state of Ohio. You know, let's, 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 I, I love it. Let's, let's piss off Tennessee. That, that will go great. Um, but again, they suck. So what are they going to do? You know, go, 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 go get some more McDonald's bags to drop, you know, drop the bag to some recruits. Josh definitely needs it, but he doesn't need more McDonald's. No, he does not need more McDonald's. Uh, again, I hate glass house, can't throw stones, but uh, that was very funny. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's wrap this up. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm really worried. We, we've been going for a while. Let's preview Kansas. Um, and that's our Kansas preview. It's Kansas, lads. Bean time! For real, We're though. We're going to fight the Bean Man. And let me tell you something. The Bean Man did not have a good game last week. And has he ever really had a good game? Me, maybe once or twice this season. But I'm telling y'all, aren't you just a little bit deep down? I know we laugh. It's Kansas. But aren't you a little bit worried that the Bean Man might just kind of work us up and get a couple touchdowns and actually look pretty decent? Like have a like seven seven first quarter where the Bean Man like you know looks good like and he's leads running a long all drive. over us. Maybe there's like a like a we get like a stop or something. Uh, that, would, people, that would be ugly. People always forget because we we usually clean it up in the second half. But if you look at like the last ten years, which sounds like a, a long a very long timeline. Obviously, that's five years before Lincoln Riley. As, as a head coach, but if you look at the last 10 years and go back and, and rewatch a lot of the Kansas games, you'll notice that at least half the time we have like a really close, like why the hell is it this close first half um, in, in a lot of times. And I, I can't name the specific years you guys might be able to, but there's at least two or three years that, that really stick out and exemplify that. Um, but the yeah, hurts here. for some reason, we always come in really, really slow. Yeah, the Hurts year, and then I think maybe the not the second Baker year, obviously. The, but Baker's year was a little iffy. The the year where we wore the all white Rough Riders was a little iffy, but not that iffy. I, that's those cursed uniforms. They're not that cursed. Well, that's the only time we've only we've worn the uh, all creams, the the full creamy, the one hundred percent whole milks <laughs> is what I what I refer to those specific uniforms as. Let's but, wear them again. Look, I actually like I actually like betting uh, Kansas uh, first quarter to cover. That, that would be fun. I, I think that could work. What do you I think agree. it'd be? What do you think it'd be like thirteen and a half? Um, probably. I don't know. I, 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 that, that is something to watch for because I don't know. Two touchdowns might be might be too much. I don't know. I, I really do think. I mean, we. I thought you were going to say this, Ty, but you know, in the past years, we always talk about mobile quarterbacks versus us. And especially with our secondary and our um, linebacking crew, even though our linebackers did look better this week for TCU, I'll give them that. It happened happens to help that you know Danny Sess was playing better. And shout out to Sean White um, carrying level twelve on Madden. Um, but uh, it's it's it is a little bit concerning. Um, but this guy has shown that he can make plenty of errors, and he's very turnover prone. Um, and it might, you know, just be the uh, confidence boost that we need to see, you know, some of these young guys that we were talking about. The six foot two Josh Eaton getting a lot more snaps of that outside cornerback. Maybe throw Bryson Washington at the safety position because Delaren Turniel should not and would not be pl- be playing um, with this injury. Um, you know, see more of those guys. Those guys that we were very excited to get, you know, and haven't gotten enough run this year. Yeah. I'm for it. I'm for it because we didn't really, other than like Western Carolina, we didn't really get a lot of burn like for those guys against Tulane. Didn't get any really against um, uh, Nebraska. So I don't know. This is a good opportunity to reset and get new guys in. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's not really going to be much of a game. I, yeah, Kansas, Kansas is bad. I was going to say Kansas is is OU's way to have, um, I, I don't know their schedule off the top of my head this year, but uh, Bama's like mid to late season FCS game that they always play. Kansas is, our, Kansas is our way to essentially play that game, but also play the like 
holier than thou card against Bama by saying we only play Power Five like uh, FBS teams when it comes to after Week Two, even though it's just Kansas. Our trash is Power Five trash. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I'm I'm looking at the uh, the box score from the Texas Tech game. Um, Forty one unanswered. I think Jason was. Did Jason Bean get benched, or when did? Because you know the backup quarterback for Kansas came in and threw two touchdowns. I want to be absolutely heartbroken if he's not the starting quarterback whenever we come trot on the field in Lawrence. They, they scored two touchdowns in the last minute, so KU KU was getting shut out by Tech, a very bad Texas Tech, until the last minute where they just went off and got fourteen. So. 41-14 looks bad, but it's somehow it, this game was somehow even worse. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm reading some articles on like recaps of it, and they said that Jason Bean could have thrown way more interceptions than he actually he only threw one, but it could have been bad. Eleven. I, I, I really do hope he's the starter. Eleven for twenty-one, eighty yards, one pick, a ten-point-seven QBR. Oh, the bean the bean man might need to he might need to get refried. That's that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that Bar- was the schooner. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, that might be that might yeah. That's that, that that was pretty bad, folks. But anyways, um, yeah. Well, that was the schooner pod, everyone. Um, hopefully, we have a much less drama filled week. Uh, not going to be putting out four pods this week like we did last time. But uh, you know what? I don't know. I'm looking forward to like a, a nice, easy game against KU. Um, yeah. So, anyways, make sure to hit that subscribe button if you like this. Sh- if you liked our show, check us out on YouTube if you want to see the video version of this, as well as Football Feast, uh, the show where I cook a regional specialty. Uh, burnt ends were very good last week, and uh, of course, uh, the Schooner Simulation uh, with Michael Whitman always does a fantastic job. Uh, our, our TCU preview was very funny. Uh, so I'm very much looking very forward good. to seeing what comes out of the, uh, the KU one, because honestly, I could see, I could see NCAA 14 being going off and, you know, you know, starting his, his Heisman, his road to glory campaign, which is something you actually did. Didn't you, Jameson? Yes. I, yes, I was, um, playing with the bean man, hoping I could win a Heisman with him, but his accuracy is so poor that like I would throw these little curl routes with him, and he just fly through, like right over into the safety so many times. Also, my controller, my PlayStation Three, is broken, and sometimes like all of a sudden I'll be running and scrambling out, and I'll be and then all of a sudden my quarterback just yeets it and pitches it back into like like ten yards back and fumbles it. So that oh would get God. really frustrating. I couldn't do it anymore, um, but I do know too much about that Kansas football team because I played a season with them. Um, but yes, uh, it'll be fun. I'm really excited to see uh, what Whitman puts out um, because that TCU episode was really fun. Uh, we said that, you know, go out and write reviews for this podcast. Uh, we will try to read them on air if we see any new ones. Um, I saw that my wonderful girlfriend wrote something on our reviews. So I, I'm not going to write, I'm not going to say it out loud, but she gave us a five-star review in um, – he said, okay, I'll just read. He says, what a great show. Jameson sounds so hot, and he knows his sports. Please sign me up. Keep up the great work, boys. And she thought it was going to be anonymous where it wouldn't show her name. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. T- totally, uh, totally an unbiased opinion there. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, for the sorry. Listeners. You got, you got yeah. exposed. You got exposed. Another I don't think up. any of our listeners will be calling me hot. There you yeah, go. I don't know, Jameson. You may have been too political there by, by reading that <laughs> review. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Kind of I've never called. No one has ever called me in the history of Jameson political. So I, I don't. So Bobby think is. Bobby's our resident. Yeah, I, I don't political person. I still don't know where that's from. I don't know where that came from. And it's like the first one was like maybe kind of like I think you have to decent update. criticism. You, you gotta right? update the listeners. And he he updated it. You gotta um, you gotta update the listeners because this oh, is stuff that we haven't talked about. I, I don't I don't I don't want to give them too much attention, but we got a we got a particularly tough review. Uh, 
mainly that it's bashed our us. only non five star review. It's, so please go wash out this guy's five um, non five star review. Yeah, and go give us that five star if you haven't already. Yeah, it was it was like the first one was like okay, I can kind of see where you're coming from. Like maybe a little like definitely a little too intense. Like maybe a bit mean. Uh, said he was not going to waste his time with anymore, and then he updates his review. Uh, and refers to me as political, and I, I don't know what I said, like, politics-wise, but, um, yeah, uh, I will say, uh, Delare and Turner yell for president, so. Yeah, the ga- the Gamerski, reach out to us if you got any things you want to. Come uh, on the pod, Gamerski. Yeah, if, if, yeah, if you, if you want if you want to say something, just tell us uh, what we want to fix, and we'll listen to you. Hey, you know, if you can do better, let's, let's see what I'm you got. I'm not being competitive. I legitimately want, if, if anyone listening is saying, like, hey, is, is there anything that we can make us better, do it. Send us all your feedback, you know. Um, but if you're giving us a review on iTunes, how about you just keep it five stars for us? Yeah. But if you have something, say it, say it to to us in our DMs. We'll be happy to do it. I appreciate him uh, wasting his time with uh, listening again. So <laughs> keep keep wasting your time because really, you, honestly, honestly, at this point, all of you are wasting your time listening to us. But that's okay. It's a no, it's a fun. Not. It's a no. They're not. We're we enlightening. We're enlightening and wonderful. We well after all we we're pretty much the only uh, apparently most of our yeah most of our listeners just listen for Jameson's sexy voice so wait 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 do we need to do like do we need to to start some ASMR like uh, an ASMR thing on on the scooters uh, channel farthest thing from a sexy voice my voice is not like. It's not podcast voice. Like, some people have great podcast voice. And, you know, like, I listen to some sports podcasts, and I'm like, this guy does not know his sports that well, but he's only on here because he has a beautiful voice, and he just sounds great, and he's just a good host. That is not me. I mean, I would none, none, no offense to you all, too, but none of us have the beautiful voice. No, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, no, no, we, we do not have good voices at all. <laughs> Bobby at least knows, like, like the specific things to say like like he's kind of researched like how to be on a podcast i just kind of zone out half the time (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know if i really researched i just kind of go for it but anyways i'm I'm sure i'm sure our dear listeners i'm sure our dear listeners are are probably tired for uh, of of hearing about us talk about ourselves but uh anyways thank you all so much for listening we'll catch y'all later in the week when we have the weekend spread making our picks what a garbage week of college football we have ahead of us, actually. But, you know, that's okay. It's, it's some time to relax and do some painting or something. Uh, anyways. Okay. Interesting. Well, I, I just got a house. I have to do painting. I have to, okay. I have to paint gotcha. some stuff. It's but anyways. Just, just us talking about ourselves some more. I know. I love it. You just a little, little peel back the curtain, you know. I'm sure you all have wondered, you know, what, what, what do they do in their personal lives? Uh, actually, no, you probably haven't because, for the most part, you all know us. Uh, in real life. But anyways, yeah, that's it for this podcast. I've drug it out way too long, as is tradition. We will catch y'all next time. Have a good one. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>